0: Welcome to Veterans State of Mind, I'm your host, garen Jones, got a guest in the studio today, kind of, on a massive screen, um, joining me all the way from, are you in Liverpool?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
0: Still still in Liverpool. Steve Nichols, how you doing, brother? Hello, mate, how you doing? Good, mate. Um, I'm sorry we could do, couldn't do this in person, but, um, well, I mean, well, i got not going to lie to you, mate, just the time of the, this last couple of years has been re- one of those really weird ones, mate, where, like for a while, nothing was happening, it felt like nothing was happening, treading water, in the last couple of months, mate, everything's been 100 mile an hour, but, I didn't want to keep putting it off, mate, even if we couldn't do it in studio, I wanted to get, We've been putting it off for three years, It's been a while, <laughs> <laughs> it do not feel like, you mate, does it feel, doesn't it, it doesn't feel like we've been mates, for like three years, though, does it, it's
1: kind of it's like, it longer than that, we've been, we've been planning to do this, for a long time, you know what I mean, and then, well, podcast's
0: only three years old, mate, so it can't be that, can't, can't be that long. But well, we're we'll planning on meeting anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, mate. And we will do, mate. We will do. I'm determined yep. to make some. Be, de- I'm determined to make some time. We got a few people up in your area now, though. I think we can. I think maybe we can justify a, a veteran state of mind meet up to the old accountant. I think a we gathering. need a little. I think we need a little business meeting. <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen, little, in the kitchen, a little, is little one? messy one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, brother. So, for people who
1: don't know you, can you give us uh, um, the kind of uh, the big picture? Don't ask for that because I don't know where to start. Everyone says that. So, us oh, like give us, a, give us a, like an overview of your life and all
0: that. Well, do you know why I asked me? Because it saves me having to come back and record the fucking... I used to do it myself, right?
1: Part one, part two, part two. I, I used to do it myself,
0: and then I was like, why am I doing this where well, I could just ask guests to do it? <laughs> and then you come in, mate, with your backbone, telling me no. All right, you used to be in the army. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Dead <laughs> When we got in Iraq, mate, I always forget which, which one you were on. Were you on 9 or, nine or 10 out there? I was on 9, yeah. I think, Sorry. was I just after you? No, I, I did 9 and 10, mate. Yeah, yeah. You Were, um, were you a warrior? I was in the second one. I did the. I was in snatch on the first one. Did the force force protection coming out the cob? That's
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I did um, those bulldogs. Mm. There was uh, <laughs> that mechanized number. They came and went fast, didn't they? Yeah, because fucking we got smashed. Mate. That's why. <laughs> I think we we got were. Smashed we, st- we started off in. Um, I'm I'm sure we were in like DS and then we, then GS and then we swapped over to snatch. Um, and then we rolled one into a ditch, and then we went armor. We went well. That dude bulldogs. Uh, we got rattled by RPGs, and um, I think in the end we just binned it and started doing foot patrols. I mean, there's lots to be said for foot patrols, mate. It worked in Afghan
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this idea of like we've got something so we can use it, I think, is often a big issue with any organisation, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, people think because you, you've got something, you have got to utilise it, but. I, I believe it was like when we were going out in Afghan, and they're going right, take this kit, that kit, that kit, that kit. And then most of the time, we were just hopping from compound to compound. We didn't need it, it was actually restriction to us, as you know. You know what I mean? Um, like ECM and stuff like that that brings back some memories, but yeah, it's just like. The Yanks would just fall past the Americans. Well, I can't say Yank, can I? Because you're American, now, I,
0: I? No, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I, I am
1: trans. I'm, I'm transatlantic, mate. Mate, you talked about benching before, and you put two two five, not a hundred. What the fuck's that? Yeah, why? It's a bigger number, mate.
0: <laughs> is, that for, big. is that for your,
1: your other brothers? Is it? Yeah. No,
0: it's a big number, so it looks more impressive.
1: <laughs> Ripping the police, are we? I
0: just, I just use the, I use whichever one I use whichever one sounds more impressive, mate. You know. That's why I measure my dick in millimeters so I can have like a, <laughs> a lot more numbers on there. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Now, 225, it just, nah.
0: We, 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 can, we, can, we can argue with a toss on that one, mate. The fact is that 225 is, a, is an impressive sounding number. And I am, what you're referring to, I've got, I've got a theory that if you're a cop and you can't bench 100 kilos, that's when you start being a cop, a copper. Oh, he's having me on the, on the thing.
1: Here.
0: All right, whatever you want to call him, then the filth. Oh, I shouldn't filth, say that. Yeah. Should I? I, only joking. Any cops listening? We love you, really, uh, mate. I want to come back to the first time I uh, ever laid eyes on you, which was a uh, a you did a video that went um, viral, right? Yeah. So do you want to tell us which 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 one the naked one or the one with the veteran? What naked one? I've seen this one. <laughs> 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 no, hang on, pause the recording. Um, yeah, the the one with the veteran. mate. You made the very moving video for, and
1: it, did you make it specifically for Lad Bible, or did they pick it up? No, that was for Lad Bible. Um, they literally uh, got all well. A lady called Elaine that runs the Legion in Liverpool um she was approached by a lad bible and they wanted to bring a young veteran with an old veteran and at first they were looking at i think they were looking at um a young uh navy girl and an older well it would have been john dennett as well um but she pushed for me to do it and there's a bit there's a bit of to and fro at first because i didn't want to do it because at the time i was in a really crap place you know what i mean i was in a bad place and as you as you know um I had no confidence. I didn't even want to speak to no one. I didn't want to leave the house, you know what I mean? I was just, just getting by, we were going to work and stuff like that. But uh, it was my missus that said, you might change someone's life, you might help someone, you know what I mean? And that's what started the journey a little bit. So, yeah, I went down did it. We filmed for like two and a half hours, something like that. We were there for ages, you know what I mean? And he caught, I think it was 11 minutes from me. And I didn't realise it was that moving, to be honest. Um, we, we filmed literally eight months before Remembrance. I don't know, on Remembrance Day. It was my first time ever going to a parade. I was in shit state, the guns went off, and I fucking shit myself, and I was in a bad place. And uh, as I was leaving to get into the car, my phone was vibrating like mad, so I just switched it off, like, you know what I mean? When I come back to it, that's when I was inundated with messages and stuff like, uh, or mainly positive messages saying, you know, I've just watched this, it's made me feel better, and it hit, like, five million in the first two days or something like that. Wow. Um, Didn't think anything of it. Literally two days, no, it was about two or three days after I filmed it. Um, I literally locked myself away for like two weeks. I was in a really dark place because sp- I spoke about stuff for the first time. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it was, that was quite, it was quite a tough, quite a tough experience, but it's helped a lot of people. So self sacrifice always helps, doesn't
0: it? it? Does mate. How was the meeting a veteran for you of a, of a like Second World War veteran? Wasn't he?
1: Honour, absolute honour. You know what I mean? Um, I spoke about it before. It was so easy, well, not easy, but it was easier for me to speak to him because he reminded me of me, my great uncle Ernie. You know what I mean? So when I was a kid, bunking school, used to go around to his. He was, um, he did, he did Normandy. You know what I mean? He was, he was a tough boy, like. And I used to go around. There. He lost his wife. And he had a flat. He's on his am afraid hunched over. He, he had shrapnel all over him, and he was uh, sitting there smoking thirty Super Kings Black. You know what I mean? And I used to go around there. The, 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 the what you call it, the um, the nets were yellow and like mm. brick. He used to go around <laughs> there, bunk school, go around there, sit there, eat me tuna butties, Nick and Siggy's off and we sit there smoking. He would tell me stories about how we had the beaches, how we did this, how we did that. Talked about how to, how to treat a woman, how to be a good man, how to be the alpha male and respect people around you and, and be a good person. So I went through life and then I joined the military because that. that was one of the reasons why I joined. So when I met John Dennett, because um, I asked my great uncle Ernie when I was in Belize I got a bluey saying he passed and all that um, I think he held on for me just enough time for me to pass off and get in you know what I mean so when I come back home a bit lost because I lost him as you do you crack on don't you um, and then I met John Dennis, and it was like looking in the mirror with him well in the mirror it was like looking at my great uncle Ernie so when I sat down I was like I was a bit taken back at first he had to pause the film a little bit because I just literally stared at him like I was looking at, at a ghost you know what I mean I was like and there he come out with, How Have you been? It's good to see you again. You know what I mean? Where's his image frame gone? What's going on? Like, you know what I mean and I and started that banter, but we just literally two hours, me and him was John Dennett was pissed about and so he's a funny guy, mate. He literally is. He's he's our mentality. You know what I mean? He literally just lays in and just goes for it and he just takes he just rips the piss out of me. Like we, we we speak quite regularly, like and um I think he's like ninety-eight now, ninety-nine. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, mate, we've had a couple on this podcast and like when you, because obviously growing up, we used to look, you'd, you'd see these old old blokes at the remembrance and days, or on TV or whatever, and that's how you saw them. You saw us as, as an old bloke, but now when you see them and you can talk to them at length, you were like, you see the young lad that they were.
1: Yeah, you see yourself.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 the lads that you served with, and I think to me, mate, like that's really changed the whole way that I've saw the war because I always used to think that it was adults going through it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it was young boys. They were younger than us. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? But it's like my missus said, she goes, Before I met you, I always thought that a veteran was like an old man with a rack of medals and his barely on sat in a wheelchair and but then you see she was when I met you and I see you all your mates, you're there with medals on the parade and you know what I mean? It's it's weird. You're a veteran and all that. I'm like it took me a long time to get used to that, that uh, being called a veteran.
0: But just think what this country would have been like, mate, in like 1946 with tens of thousands of combat veterans who were under 21 years old. Yeah. Mad. Like, it's just mad to get your head around because we all think of, we, we, it's so hard to not see them as these old, like noble blokes with the medals on at Remembrance Sunday, but most of them were, were still under 21 years old, so many of them. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't think we'll ever really, because they didn't do podcasts or TV or anything like that. So like their conversations are gone. But their conversations were probably in working man's clubs and down the pub and things like that. But it would have happened. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, did that conversation for you then? Did that change the way that you thought about talking about war and, and, and change your attitude towards talking about things?
1: Yeah, it was. It was painful. It was painful talking about it because the drive home, um, I was just breaking down constantly into tears because I actually talked about some stuff to him that I've never spoken about before to no one. You know what I mean? um and then even when he came to my podcast and we did the 40 minute longer one um he opened up to me as well off camera about some things that he had to do and that he's seen and stuff like that um i will not indulge it because obviously it's it's it, that's his story you know you know this you know the score um but he told me some things and i was like that's horrific that is literally horrific what you have to go through and you've held that in for what how many years you know what i mean and um, he goes, yeah, but now I speak about it to you, I feel better about it. And that just sums up talking. That just sums up what we're all going through as well, you know what I mean? If He's held that in for so many years. What's you say? It took him 40 years to forgive the Germans. It's like, that's a long time to be hateful. You know what I mean? I've spent, what, 37 years being hateful. Not with the army, just, just in life in general, just being a fucking horrible bitter little bastard, you know what I mean? But it's a long time to have an enemy, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, mate. It's one of those like myths in it that no, oh, they, they just they didn't used to suffer from it, or whatever. You know, they didn't suffer. They just got on with it. Well, no, that's not true. I think so many of them, so many of them, held it inside. It's that that doesn't mean you don't suffer. It just means you
1: don't tell people you suffer. That's it. But the thing is, that's just the, I can't be bothered asking. I can't be bothered helping mentality, and that's what we suffer with today as well. Not us, but. A lot of civilians will look at things and go, oh, they're not, they're, not, they're not bothered, they're not defined. Don't worry about it, they're fine. No, just ask because you might change life. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I do feel, mate, as well, like you look at, you know, how many people after the Second World War, for instance, just use that as an example, you know, how many people ended up battering their wife for life or how many people ended up drinking and, or smoking 30 fags a day? Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm sure that was, that. that probably had something to do with the war, mate. Like, you know, the back of my house, well, about two mile away, we've got a place called um, Ashworth Ashworth Hospital, um, and it's for the like schizophrenia and um, criminally insane and stuff like that. I've got a room booked in, and what's called it? Um, that was the first hospital, mental health hospital, built in the UK for World War Two veterans, well, service leavers. And there's an old dirt track. It's got. Oh, it's a new build prop, uh, estate now, but it's an old dirt track that they used to lead them off, off them, like where the old motorway was. Lead them off up there with the bags, take them into the hospital, and that's when they used to. They never used to do like shock treatments or you know that, that medieval shit. Mm. You'd actually sit them down, talk to them, and give them uh, therapy and stuff like that. was the first hospital that ever did it because literally it was about. I think it was five years ago. They've opened up a statue at the back of it. Because so I went down with, um, who was it now, Granada, to open up. And it's um, a nurse, old nurse, helping an injured veteran, like holding him up, like walking him to the hospital. Yeah, I should a tear, mate. Yeah, mate, that's nice. Yeah. It's, it's f- so fucking important to
0: remember that stuff, mate. Yeah, it is. Um, and not just the veterans as well, mate. I think this is something that I'm sure you with me on here is, like, for every veteran that's had a fucking shit time coming home, that's a family that has a shit time too?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And not just that, mate, like how many other people are just like, you, when you're just in that place, you just leave a wake of destruction behind you. Yeah, of course. You know, like, so, you know, it's not just about, you know, and this isn't just exclusive to veterans, mate. It's just anyone going through a shit time. You know, you don't go through it in a bubble. It's one of the, yeah. one of the old things I always say to people, mate, when they're like, well, I don't want to be a burden to other people. I don't impact other people. It's like, you are like right now <laughs> you are. So be like, if you're going to do it, be doing it because you're trying to get better.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because one way or another, you're gonna be going through it. But before we go down this 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 route a bit more, mate, let's let's go back to your your service, mate. Because um, you know, you you did a couple of tours in one of the the army's busiest times since the Second World War, really. So, um, when 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 it when was it you joined up, and who was it you joined?
1: Uh, I went into two. I went in two thousand and four, um, and I joined the Royal Green Jackets. Went to Catrick and uh, yeah, did the usual six month thrashing. And then uh, that was me straight to Battalion, which was based in Wheaton Barracks, 1st Battalion. And, uh, yeah, I think it was about three months into me training and I fucking hated it. I did not want to be there one bit. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, the, the jobs background round, round hours was shit. Well, saying that, a lot of people say that they weren't. I was just fucking too lazy and too, I don't know, too much of a little shit to actually try and get somewhere, you know what I mean? I qualified as an engineer i did uh i did my time as an engineer got me qualifications and i hated it and that's why i went away wanted, i wanted to be like me uncle ernie you know what i mean i wanted to be a good man do the noble thing take the fight to the enemy and uh do my bit for the do, not, for, not for the country and i've never never say the country and um, that's my opinion but i was for the people around me mm. you know what i mean the people that i love you know what i mean it's not about fighting for the country and saving the country. It's about showing, in my eyes, it's about showing the people around me, the love, me loved ones, the people that were struggling at the time, um, what a human being is capable of doing. And that was what it was always about. It was always about me proving to myself and all people around me what I was capable of doing. And I always had to excel, if that makes sense. Like, not in like um, an uh, like academic sort of way but in like a muscly strength like um like r- run further lift more be that alpha male you know what i mean and box harder and fight harder and stuff like that and then life takes a spin because now i'm an engineer again full-time engineer and uh i'm just trying to be as calm as possible and be a nice person <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's hard nowadays with the amount of bell ends running around but try and be a good person for your family don't you
0: sometimes mate Sometimes it's fun to let that little dickhead back out of the cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but no, I, I get where you're coming from. So like, it's kind of like, it's what you'd consider traditional masculine virtues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you know what? We'll, we'll probably cross over this question in, in a minute, but while it's fresh in my head, it's like, I don't know about you, but you might be like a bit like me, where is your, your military career is a double-edged sword. It's a burden on you. The medals on your chest are a curse and a burden. It's, it's painful. It's memories. It's, it's the loss of mates. It's it's a loss of a lot of things, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm glad I joined when I did because I did the things that I did. So when I can look back on my career and go, you know what, I went in there and I had the opportunity to be the best soldier I could be and fight the best fights I could be in and for me to now grow from that and teach those stories and those beliefs and those lessons to my kids, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I feel very lucky, mate, to have got to go. I like, don't get me wrong; at the time, it was shit. When I was on Telic Nine, well, it wasn't shit, mate. Like but when I was on Telic Nine, mate, when knew that I was really frustrated that I wasn't with the Kings Battle Group, which is why I stayed on for the second tour. So, but even it's weird because, like now, objectively looking at it, I'm like, oh, I still got to do more on that tour than most people get to do in a career. Yeah, even though to me that was a shit tour, I still got to do more and. I do think that we were very lucky with our at our times of when we got to serve, mate. And, but it's one of those things, and this sounds weird for someone having a, vetra, a vet, podcast called Veteran State of Mind who writes books about the military and stuff. But as more time has passed since the military, um, I, I just see more positives than I do negatives from it. Yeah. Because I would hate to have a life where I wasn't a soldier. And I would hate to have a life where I never got to deploy. Like, I just can't imagine what my life would be like. I just that those experiences mate kicked off and became the catalyst for so much growth yeah that i just think i would be living i i know i know exactly where i would be mate i would be a teacher or i would be a, a cop Copper. and and this is probably one of the reasons i have such an issue with coppers like i'd be one of those i'd be one of those jobs mate and i'd be turning up for work every day and i'd never be fucking doing anything that i really wanted to be doing and i'd get to the end of my life and i'd fucking die and that would be it like, I wouldn't have had any of the other experiences that I've had. I wouldn't have the job that I wanted. None of that. If it hadn't have been for the fact that war kind of kickstarted started all that stuff off.
1: But we, we grow from pain, don't we? We get yeah. out of our comfort zone <laughs> and we grow from that. And we, if you don't learn from it, then you, it's, it's a wasted of pain. And that's why that's why I went on so many podcasts talking about my pain from the military and pain from this and pain for that, because it's like, it's like business. People turn around and say, oh, if, if – you know, go and read the biography. Go and do this. Go and do that. Fail eight times. Fail ten times. Fail a thousand times. Get yourself on loads of debt. Well, mental, health, mental health and stuff like that. If I, if we're not going to listen to my stories and help, you know what I mean it's like it. I've, I've been through pain for no reason. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, yeah. If I'm not going to, if I'm not going to try and help someone with it, it's just, it's just a waste. It's just a, to me, it was a waste of time going through it, going through those dark years. You know what I
0: mean? That's a great way of putting it, mate. Because. Um... I think it was Greg Anderson. I saw a post about this the other day. Basically, because I mean, I do. I don't agree with the fact that you should shed all your, of all of your identity from the military because I think it's a big part of you. Um, I don't think it should be all-consuming, but it is a big part of you and something to be proud of. But I was talking with um, we just had um, Keith on from Dead Reckoning Collective, and we were talking about you know how the you know so you, the the military spends so much money on you and spends so much time training you. You know, it, a lot of people kind of like when people stay on and work on the circuit, or if people go into, um, you know, like uh, companies like Alliotons, like Breakpoint. Some people be like, you know, kind of have like a bit of a chip on the shoulder about those companies, and so well, why, why they're using? It's the same way as someone that goes and studies for a PhD uses that PhD. If you've been to war three or four times, you got a PhD in war. Yeah, like why, why wouldn't you use that? And you know, and that's the same. as with like you said, it's you can have a PhD in overcoming life issues that can that can be a PhD so like it's only a waste if you don't if you don't put it into practice and one of the best ways of putting it into practice is is with other people but
1: I yeah of course
0: I'm sure this wasn't probably that on your mind that much at the time though is it because when you're in the military you know, I don't think really this is the kind this isn't a conversation two squaddies have had when they were on tour right No, we would have been saying that. like what DVDs have you got to watch tonight or your bird's getting smashed yeah, we've been talking to something <laughs> about that, mate. Um, so uh, when, when you when you were out in Iraq, then what was your fir- what was your first tour? telek te- um, tele- nine was it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I did well. I did please? I did exercise and please? And then I was straight up. Well, that was pre-deployment training for Iraq. Dutch.
0: Were you kind of were you disappointed to depl- um, to not have deployed? You know, to when your uncle Ernie was still alive. Was that something that you kind of wanted to have to happen? You know, come back on t- from tour. See, have
1: your uncle Eleni that? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wanted to speak to him before I went um, and it was mainly to see his reaction because obviously it was on the other foot then because he obviously had to say goodbye to his family and all that and then to see the, the actual thought of a veteran of his stature to wave me off if, if so to speak and then when I come back home to wave me back home again it would be an honour because he's gone and done it for us and then I'm going to do it for him you know what I mean so it would have been nice but um it was me thoughts when i went out there and when i come back and when i was when i was out there fighting you know when we went, when it was like we were getting big contacts and we we're like i remember one day we were, we were out by um this school and it's open in this blows of dead ground and I literally took a 360 ambush and we were just three of us three um bulldogs just pinned down and we just we were getting hammered you know what i mean absolutely hammered and um i just sat there going this is fucking horrendous you know what i mean and then um, I just thought to myself like what would he do he, he was on the beach for fuck's sake getting the same treatment you know what I mean so i was like just before you know it you you fought your way out of it and and even today when i feel like i've had to stand up today in front of a lot of people and do a, a big like brief you know what i mean a big know, group if you like and uh, i lost my confidence as you know when i got back from the military i when i got the military um but now I've got like mechanisms in my head that I use. Well, when I was a soldier, I stood, in, stood in front of a hundred people. I did rifle lessons. I did this. I did that. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I can't do it now. And it's literally, it's just—I think of my uncle Ernie and I overcome. And it's uh, life lessons that I'm, I'm, I'm it's still to this day. I'm picking them from my younger self, what I used to be able to do to better my older self, which is a weird thing. You should be already, in know, better than that stage, but. With, with trauma and bad memories you don't you go backwards a, bit, a little bit don't you but yeah, yeah it was always everything I do I always think about someone like my uncle Ernie even John Dennett watching me you know what I mean um, like not making them proud but, but trying to be at that standard trying to be at that level you know what I mean like they went to war when they were 14 for fuck's sake you know what I mean smash did come home you know what I mean and they lied to get out there they lied about their a- age to get out there and fight and we're like in a recruitment office at the age of fucking 19, 20 being told that you know, do you need to do one more squat? Like for what, you know what I mean, <laughs> did
0: he give you any lessons that, like, that you always used to kind of, kind of remember in the back of your head when you're on tour and stuff? Like, did he ever give you lessons about more, not, not like foot, you know, like kind of like a, a fully tactical lesson, but just little things that stuck in your head
1: that that you always kind of kept in mind when you're on tour? Um, a few things, yeah, but they were there weren't like anything to do with fighting or war or anything like that, you know what I mean? It was always stuff like, you know, always have your heart on your sleeve because you never know what someone's thinking about you and what they're going through. And the one um, but when you get out there, I always tuck it away because no one gives a shit and then deal with it when you come back home. And if I actually thought about that advice when I come back home, I probably would have had an easier time when I go back if that makes sense, you know what I mean? um it was like little messages that he used to give me that I should have listened to, you know what I mean? But as, as a kid, you're like, whoa, it fucking doesn't matter. got to get back? I'm just going to smash loads of ale. And uh, I'm going to do naked press-ups in a bar, you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, shit on the pool table, go on, you know what I mean? But <laughs> instead, it was like, it's just out of hand, you know what I mean, as you know.
0: My, my granddad gave me one. He, he said because he was in the bombers and that he said like uh, that they always used to get attacked as they were coming back over to Britain because the crews used to switch off. Yeah. So that was when it always stuck with me. Like towards the end of the patrols, I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to switch off. I don't gonna get fucking killed just before yeah. that hundred. You know, that last few hundred meters, mate. So like that kind of stuck with me and stuff. And I know it sounds mental, like and, not, and it's not to say that like we actually want this. But do you ever have thoughts in your head of like I wish I had served in the Second World War and around
1: that period and with those blokes? In in a way, yes and no. You know what I mean? It's um uh, I always imagine myself being in that position because people say, Oh, back then, you know, you get the un- uneducated people go back then World War One and Two were ten times worse than they are now. Well they were and they weren't, if that makes sense. In my in my opinion, you know what I mean? Like for them back then in the in the trenches and the beach and stuff like that, that was fucking horrendous living in those conditions. But for the generation Nowadays, I believe our generation has got weaker, not our generation, but from then to now, we're different people, you know what I mean? We've got more luxuries, we've got more light, we've got, you know, we put a tea bag in a, in, a, in a cup and we make a brew, that's it. They hang their tea bags out to dry once they've used them three or four times, you know what I mean? It's that kind of life that they lived then that was normal. They were outside their comfort zone a lot more, so they're just more durable, more tested people back then. Like my granddad and, and my nan, even my nan, used to go in, into the sheds and make ammunition, you know what I mean? Like it was normal, whereas we're a bit more a bit more delicate with our luxuries and stuff around us. So I think they're around about the same thing, but the way they, they lived in trenches and stuff like that. I...
0: Oh, not, not that, mate. What, what I kind of envy is the idea that you all had a real clear purpose. Not just you, the whole fucking nation had a clear purpose. You are all on the same page. All on the same page, mate. Knew you were fighting it right for you. Knew what you were doing was a just cause. And knew that you had that to be proud of for the rest of your life. That you you changed the course of human history in a good direction. Yeah. And I think, like, I just, I I got, just from a purely point of view as well, of just being a young man, the thought of seeing, because I mean, mate, Fucking hell. And again, this is something I'm very grateful for. Used when we did the ops on 10 and and we stand up stand up on my warrior before we went out and just look back down the line of warriors and bulldogs and challi and charlies and just be like fucking rigid right now. Rigid. I mean this is just because I just just to just to be in that. So to you know, if to have been in that position in the second world, the skies are full of planes. You know, you've got fucking, you're out with the lads, like, let's say you're in North Africa, and you're, like, you're looking down to the right, and it's just fucking vehicles, and there's vehicles behind you, and you're there with the young boys, and there's fucking bombers coming overhead, and fighters coming overhead. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying, obviously, like, you know, a lot of battles they went through were hell, you know, but I'm just saying, being realistic for a young bloke, like... As a young bloke, and you saw all that machinery around you, you would have been fucking mega, mega, mate.
1: Just sounds like a really good pre
0: workout, doesn't oh, it? It does, mate. I'm ready to go. Although, <laughs> on this podcast, we use combat fuel pre workout, mate. So, no second world war pre workout sale on here. But, you know, but like that, that's the thing when you, when you speak to a lot of second world war veterans, mate, it's not like they hated it all the time. A lot of them enjoyed, um, you know, parts of it. And why, you know, why wouldn't they? you human beings, yeah. And human beings get excited.
1: Don't get me wrong, it's like. When you're out when we were out in Afghan and you're putting you know you put your osprey on, you play carriers or whatever, and like you get in the gate and it's like you know, bang a mag on and all that and you start the gate and you're ready to go, and you're looking alley as fuck, and then you got that front gate, hard target out, and then like you get into position and then you move off, you're like, Yeah, we're fucking cool, we are. You know what I mean? We are fucking cool. Like you've we've had casualties for the past fucking three weeks, but you still got in your head like keen, fucking alley as fuck, moving forward, these comes are it today. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just that feeling of like, it's not power. It's not, it's not a power trip or anything like that. It's that feeling of I am at my fucking peak. You know what I mean? And I'm going to fucking windmill this fucking little shit town to the fucking floor. You know what I mean? And then uh, it's when you come away from it and you come back home and you're like, and you sit down and you Z-type because we were posh. We Z-types. You sit down in your bed you're around and you're like, this is fucking, this is shit. You know what I mean? It's like, yesterday, I was fucking cool. Now I'm back in combat 95.
0: There's something as well, mate, about when you're young and you're fit. Still am. And you put that, you put your webbing on. <laughs> well, I mean, all right, we got a bit of miles <laughs> on us, mate. But, you know, you stick your Osprey on, you got your weapon on, you stick your day sack on, you got your weapon, you got your helmet squared away, nice bit of scrim on there. And like you said, you look the part. But you know when you can just, you feel the weight on you and you know it's not an issue. Yeah. And you just, like you said, mate, you just know, like you're in, you just feel like a specimen. Yeah. And I, I always wondered this, mate, looking at people that were in clip on tabs and stuff and just think like, do you not think, do you not want to get yourself squared away and get fit? Exactly. Like, I, like, exactly. like You're taking all the enjoyment out of it, like because like, I quite like I, the, you get an amazing feeling when you're just cruising on a fucking tab, Com- and then you look at someone that's in clip and think like, "This is your job. Why wouldn't you want to get good at it?"
1: Perfect example of that. I remember I got um I got to battalion and I think it must have been like me six week or something like that. I can't remember. And um I had uh we had Paul McEliece was one of our screws. You know what I mean? Um, John McAleese's son. Um, and I had uh, a fella called Tui as well. All big names, all powerhouses, all amazing squads. So you couldn't be shit. And it was like, but at that time it was like, I want to be like you. So I want to be fucking better. I need to, I've got a lot to live up to. I mm. member of opportunity sergeant is Tel Raf. He's, he's a legend of a man. You know what I mean? And I remember I was, I was we were at the front. We are doing, I think we were doing an eight miler. It wasn't, no, no, Tell like, he was about a 12 miler and we were doing it around the tank tracks in the back of Wheaton barracks, blowing, absolutely blowing. You know what I mean? Cause we've gone from like cat-trick fit to fucking battalion fit. You know what I mean? Absolutely blowing. And, um, and he turned around and he goes, uh, Nico, I went, yeah, yeah. sergeant." He goes, um, how's it feel? What do you mean? And he goes, you're getting paid to be a fucking machine. And oh my like, God, <laughs> fucking <laughs> something come out at the end of it, mate. You know what I mean? I was like, oof, <laughs> oof, <laughs> fucking oof. Like that. He's going, boss, it's a it? good feeling, isn't it? I went, and it clicked in my head to that cog, that old rusty cog that wasn't used just come into place. And it was like, I'm being paid to be the best I can be. And then apart from my down days and my dark days where I went off the rails a bit a lot, right now I'm more tuned in now than I was probably when I was serving because i'm like i am i'm not being paid to be the best i can be i'm doing it for free because i'm fucking i love it that much You know what i mean it's like i'm gonna be the best i can be i can i'm gonna eat the best foods i can eat and i'm gonna fucking run as far as i can i'm gonna lift as much as i can i'm just gonna be the best i can be i'm gonna be that machine you know what i mean always chasing my last mile i chasing you know what i mean and it's those words that he gave me that made me go on to be the best i could be at that time you know what i mean um the things that rage me on now more is family. I've got a good home base now, which I never had, you know. What I mean? I've got a really good home base, I've got my wife, I've got my daughter. And every time the weakness starts to creep in, I'm like, just keep going. Think of them and I think about the falling. And I'm fucking I feel invincible. I get I get that pre-workout feeling, you know what I mean, where it's just like running naked down the road, fucking canned up in my fucking own blood with an hard on. Like, well
0: mate, I've got a treadmill. If you want to come run on there naked, you're welcome anytime. What are yours. Yeah, come on, come on there mate. I, there's no no dress code in there. Well, uh, it's it You bring it's, the treadmill, I bring the vodka. <laughs> it's just purpose though, isn't it, mate? It is. You know that you got to have that and I wish like I wish someone had just talked about that more right now cuz it's such a simple thing, but you don't know what you don't know. That's it. And now it's like, oh yeah, well, yeah, of course purpose is important. Well, when was when did you ever hear anyone talk about purpose until a few years ago? And when you until you were shit state in your life, I never really talk, someone talk about why well, it's important to have purpose in your life. You know, when did you ever talk about
1: that? Yeah, focus and drive. No,
0: not. yeah, it's just and it, it, it's mental, mate. But like, you know, when you when you're in the military, for people who were fit and were trying to be good soldiers, obviously they had purpose. I think the people who weren't never had purpose. They were there; they just happened to be there, and they were getting a check. And yeah. now, when I think about it, when I'm like, well, why were some people trying to do more and trying to be the best? You know, which is the old fucking slogan, the, the be the best, which I think was probably one of the best recruiting campaigns you've ever had. But there was those people, and then there was the people who were just like, didn't want to go out on ops, didn't want to do this. And well, it's because it wasn't their purpose. Yeah. Um when you were out on, on when you were out on telek9, mate, I keep we keep going off telek9, mate, but I I do want to get a little bit in. I'll tell you why, mate, because some people listen to this and they're like, oh, I want war stories. All right, fine, you can have some fucking war stories. Just I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'll tell you what, let's just make this really simple. Give the people a war story. <laughs> Give him, give him a award it, mate.
1: When we were uh, we were doing a strike up in uh, Basra South, and uh, we spent two days with Tutu um, in one of because we were in Basra Palace, so we had a palace across the way. Um, we were going in there for two days straight, going through um, clearance drills and CQB and stuff like that. Uh, Teaching us all these alley little tactics, of where to put your rifle, how to sling it, difference, and it was just, it was just fucking hard. It was just porn meat. You know I mean, it was brilliant. Um, and then we did a strike up, and it was basically, um, warrior took a wall out. We all pulled up, deep, deep We piled up, we all stacked up against the wall. Two, two went down. Two went down through the roof. Two went in through the back. Shotgun doors off. We went in. Fucking flash banged them. Went hell for leather got two POWs, wrong house, fuck's <laughs> sake. Fucking <Okay>, next, <laughs> jumped the wall, next door, did it again. Fucking, okay, I was fucking loving it. You know what I mean? Absolutely brilliant. Got got the target like, and uh, yeah, we did that, we did that for a couple of days. Funny war story, is we were down by the OSB, where the Kingos were, and we had, uh, we pulled up, we debussed, well, we, as we were about to debuss, I was first man out, LMG and all that. Um, and I was with the back door, because we, they weren't hydraulic, they weren't, um, on a button like the Warriors, you have to literally—it's like an old submarine handle on the back of it. You had to push it out. It was heavy. You know what I mean? It's like a fifty kilo door. And when you're blowing, you try to get this fucking door open in, 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 the, in the heat, like. And I jumped out, fucking yeah, straight out, fucking let's get a fucking fire sport position up, and, facing down the road. You know what I mean? And it just went black, and I just—I hit the floor, and I went. You know when you like go, you think you're a dream, and you're falling, but you actually stop. I was like, "Fuck, is this a dream?" Oh, fucking hell. Am I even in the art? You know, and you start questioning yourself, but the smell hit me. And I started spewing up. And then I could uh Dell above me, me land um line he's going, uh, you fucking soft cunt I was like, oh. I was like looking up and I jumped into a ditch, into a fucking hole in the floor, it's just full of human ah. shit. And it, it was up to me, waist. Ah. And uh yeah, it was fucking, and they made me walk. They not only let me back in the wagon; they made me, made me, they made me patrol behind it two mile back in. <laughs> fucking hell! You probably wishing that you got shot as well. I was, I was hoping for oh, an AED. That's
0: disgusting. Oh, yeah. I think that was the same on and every tour there wasn't it? Because people are always like, I said this before. Like, there's, there's like a things that you worry about. It's like, like IDs aren't on the top of it. Shit, human shit. From the boxes. Why can't we be sent somewhere where people don't shit in public? Why why is that so hard to pick a wall somewhere where people don't fill streets with shit? Is it too much to ask?
1: It's like Afghan, every time I took a fucking took up a firing position or took a knee, I put it into a human turn, mate. Ah. That's why I started wearing green kits. That's why I started wearing Coba ninety five again because it's just you couldn't see it then. it oh, doesn't make it any better, mate. Mean knee pads? I, I didn't have knee pads on. How was she using human shit as <laughs> knee pads? Mate. It was fucking horrendous. Mate, it's fucking. A,
0: that's an interesting form of Kevlar. Just smearing yourself <laughs> in shit.
1: <laughs> fucking. Hell, it was mate. fucking and mate. Horrible. It's, I still smell it today. The
0: size of some of those shits in Afghan.
1: for little fellas like fucking <laughs> like fucking shin bones, mate. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I got. I,
0: I wonder if that is the key to their success, mate. That their warrior race. It's like you can measure warrior race on the size of their shits. Have a sword fight, with mate. Sometimes we put all round <laughs> protection in on shit so everyone could have a turn to come up and have a look at it. Because you're like, you're never going to see this again in your life. This is some like, fucking incredible stuff, mate. Like, Oh, mate. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's because they fucked the shit out of each other when they're kids that they've just, the assholes are just like a fucking bucket
1: if they're packing it in and, and saving it, take about three, four days to get a, a good, good fucking tube of it. Like, you know what I mean?
0: This is the clip we're using on social media to promote this one, mate. <laughs> like, <all> right, <laughs> because another episode we could skip. Um, So that, that, that's all, mate, then, you know, obviously it was a, for those that don't know, in fact, tell people like, do you ever get a fucking bit wound up with people when you, cause, cause you've done Iraq, you've done Afghan. And I think the public know what Afghan was, but I don't feel like they really know what Iraq was. How do you feel about that?
1: I remember going to Manchester Museum and they've got World War One, II and all through the wars and stuff like that. And they've actually got the Iraq war um, at our time. Um, and they've got a few, they've got the Osprey and Mark Six Alpha helmet and everything laid out and all that. I think it's just time. I think time's taken over. We're, we're going to that point now where Iraq is starting to become the past. You know what I mean? Afghan will soon become the past. Next it'll be fucking whatever we're up to, you know what I mean? But mm. I think it's age, mate. We're getting older. The next generation coming through, we're kids. You know what I mean? It's like it's like my missus. I think she was in she was in high school when on Christmas Day when we were blowing up that police station in Telecom 9. I don't know if you remember that, like we fucking we blew it we we all the corrupt coppers we threw them down there and we blew it up. On Christmas Day, I remember, because when we did it, we went back fucking and he gave us a can of Foster's and some fucking makeshift fucking Christmas dinner. And then a fucking 81 come through the fucking come through the roof. We had about 14 bombardments of mortars. We had rockets. We had a rocket come through the sides. Of one of the uh, it was the colour boys room actually. Uh, we got fucking spanked that day, like didn't even get me can of fosters we ended up having a fight with him throwing across the finger. you know, the standard Christmas day shit.
0: Yeah, because um, IDF was obviously a big thing yeah. on that tour, particularly at the Palace. You know, and I, I think it was one of, because a lot of people, obviously, their experience of Iraq in the early days, if you were at a big camp or whatever, was that, uh, you know, that was pretty pretty chill really, but there was, you know, especially at the Palace, there was that constant thing of like, it wasn't as, I mean, it was different to Afghan because in Afghan, in the Sanghas, or if you were in an open area, there was always that chance of a grenade coming over a wall or a sniper or an RPG airburst or something. That was always a thing there, which wasn't so much of a thing in Iraq. I mean, it obviously was to some degree, you know, in, in some places and some yeah. Um But what was more of a threat was the idea threat, the rockets and the mortars and stuff. And like, you know, they're pretty good with them fucking mortars. And the rockets <laughs>
1: made the bang on the fucking bang on. They were hitting the helipad every time. You know what I mean, the grouping for for, for mortars was brilliant. Do you reckon
0: they were locals, to direct? No, Iranian.
1: I think they're a mixture to be honest. Because I remember we, um, we had a sniper on us, a dragon off, and he was, um, he was pinging the wagons every time we left the gate. Every come you know, that big arch. Every time we storming out of there, used the hard because, as you know, you hard target vehicles as well, just bomb out, and we were pinging off the, um. Off the driver's fucking hatch knife, and every single time he, he was bang on me, absolutely bang on. And uh one day we mate Wes. He was uh, he was he was in the t- on the GPMG on the turret, and uh, he took seven sixty two off his helmet and he put it he put a channel right through across his his, his alpha Lake And um, it turned out he was in the J building, got a big J We call it J building, multi story, but it'd been leveled. He was in there and he was pinging us all the time. And in the end, we just opened up and dropped the, I think about a fucking 500 pounder through it and got him like, and there's, I don't, I don't know how true it is, but there's rumours that he was, what you call it, he was, um, he was American.
0: Yeah, mate, so I did, on that tour, I worked with A2 and Wiz quite a bit and, um yeah, they, so that I, like, so I trust this gen because it was pretty good gen, but apparently there was, there was one, um, like, you know, because I don't usually like to, to, use the term sniper because a lot of the times people use that for just some dickhead with an AK fired one round, which is not, you know, but there was a yeah, gen yeah, sniper. Yeah. I think it was credited with like seven kills on British blokes during that period. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was the same guy because obviously, you know, they do the autopsies and everything like that on the guys. And um yeah, it's just it was apparently the same dude. I, I, I don't know if that was that guy right or what, but um, you know, but I mean, again, it's like, well, it, it's why not? I mean, we have guys that have, account for a lot of enemy kills, I'm sure. It's obviously the same on the other side as
1: well, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course it is, of course it is.
0: Um, when, when you were out on that tour then, mate, was there any points of it where you did start kind of thinking that maybe it was a bad idea for you to be in the <laughs> army? and the,
1: or, or, or were you loving it? No, I was loving it, loving it. Because a bit of a shit time at home. Um, wasn't the best childhood, you know what I mean? So... When I was there, I was away from home. I was away from that past. I was away from everything. And I was with new mates. Well, weren't new mates. I've known them for a while before we got there. I mean, um, it wasn't a job, as you know. When you've done something so long, it's it's not really a career. It's, it's life. You know what I mean? And um, that was why I struggled so much when I did leave the military because it was just so. I so took out, like out of water. You know what I mean? Fish out of water. It was just. Um, still miss it today. I'm still misses day, but when I was out in Iraq, it was like we were staying in the Saddam's shower room, and the, the shower room mate was like, it was like the ground floor of my house. It was huge. We had thirty bunks in there. You know what I mean, all piled in there. Big, massive wooden doors. And it opened up into a big, massive balcony which looked over the Shatar. So we get in there, drop our kits off and all that. Open these big wooden doors that are all reinforced. I'm, Fucking, hell look at this view here. Palm trees and this river flowing, this boats up and down. I thought, fuck yeah, this is bullshit. This straight out, shirt off, biffed it in, gob, feet up, way fucking. As this water bottle, you know, mean Frank Bruno and all that? Fucking color boy comes out. Where the fuck do you think you are, Costello? Fucking get the in there. The there. Dragged me in, like still a crow wasn't I? You mean? Know, so I got towed back in, got a slap. I was like, yeah, you keep those fucking doors shut. And I remember it must be about three months in we uh one of our lads got shot he survived like but he got pinged and it just went underneath his osprey got him in the kidney and uh we had to do a casey and get him back in so he was like 100 mile an hour down the msr you know what i mean got back in got him sorted got him um, got the murder and that so we were all like that fuck it, got on the balcony you know super noodles and all the works had been shipped over the arabo come out yeah it just need a breather and um the color boy had been pinged as well so he'd been shit back He goes, Well, he's not going to come in and give me a slap again. He? He's not going to come in and get me off. <laughs> he took care of him. So we fucking yeah, fucking sound. And the next minute, fucking hit up. No, I'll see. What was the alarm called that used to go off? Is it the Skyrammer? Well, that was just that
0: idea for alarm, the... Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't. <laughs> it's like fucking Silent Hill. Made a <laughs> goose through me. But anyway, that went off, and we were like, that for fuck's sake. It's alright. It'll go behind us. You know, we were that? We were that fucking fucked off with it all like at that time? And I just seen. You, know, you, see, you see like the black flick go down in front of you I thought oh, fuck <laughs> it I'm gone fuck it took put me singing in my mouth and the next minute it come back up again and it was this fucking mortar spinning in front of us
0: fucking hell
1: and everyone just hit the deck and I went fuck it and I had plenty of time you know what I mean there's loads of time to get down I was like oh. but I was, I was adamant that was me going that was my time I was like oh, fuck, I time for me to go and it come back down and it just, I looked over and it's just sat there next to the fucking the jingle's tent I was like Fucking I'll finish my bifter, fucking they all come piling out Then the fucking controlled explosion and all that. My mate was in the sang at the time, right next to it. He was like that, could we come out? <laughs> Stay in there, you know what I mean? But uh yeah. We never went back on the balcony again, mate. Fucked up.
0: You know what, mate, as soon as you describe that place or them, I could smell it. Yeah. I can see it. That little the shimmering water. And the palm trees behind that yeah, stuff, mate. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's
1: mad. That river was beautiful. It was a dead wide river. And it was just like boats up and down. It was glorious. It was cleaner than the fucking Mersey. You know what I mean? It was like, well, it's not fucking hard, is it? But like a few trolleys in there. A the fucking Johnnies and tampons and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But we were always getting contacted.
0: I don't think you might have you might have gone up the top of the city, mate, because obviously, you know, you know, you were at the bottom end. For people who don't know the palace is pretty much the bottom right hand corner. South, yeah. yeah, yeah. The top left hand corner. Up that area, mate, all the villages and stuff. It was fucking gorgeous, mate. It was all like really nice irrigated areas, mate. Palm trees, waterways. Um, would not want to live there. No, like you know, <laughs> there was no beachfront prop, nice Malibu beach houses or anything. But it was really pretty, mate. It, and and then obviously you go, you're driving out. Well, not an hour. What am I talking about? Drive a mile the other way, and you're in the desert. Yeah, you know, and it, and that was what's so mad about that place is you know because it really. One extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's all based. It's like crossing. In, it's like crossing into Wales, <laughs> mate. Just goes <laughs> fucking terrible.
0: But it's like it's, it was like <laughs> Afghan was the same way, though, mate, wasn't it? It's like you've got it's all down to irrigation because here, Britain, you don't have to irrigate fuck all because the country irrigates itself. But like, yeah, um, you know, so we got vegetation everywhere, whereas in these countries, you know, it's all based around, you know, it's all based around the walkways and. And it was really pretty, mate. And it does make you think, same as Afghan, don't you? You're like, God, what a shame that there's just fucking war on here all the time.
1: Well, there's certain parts of of Afghan when we were um, in Sangin, where we were, we were in Fob Jackson. And it was like, it was, when it was calm, it was like green fields, green zones, little compounds and little paths. And there's like, people went about the business. And you're like, yeah, I can see why we're here to help them. You know what I mean? But when it went off, it was fucking nasty. You I mean, and then you go down like some back alley because it was like a rat race. You mean it was like like, um, like a, a maze, as you know. Because when we used to patrol, we used to patrol most days from Bob Jackson to to Houston, Um taking kits in, or we were going to support them on patrols and stuff like that. And it was just literally shit in every corner, IDs in the walls, the fucking. And I always say it with Afghan, not so much Iraq, but with Afghan, because by then, I, then I, I was a screw. So as a commander, you had to, and I said it to all the blokes as well, you've got to think as satanic and as nasty and brutal and as just fucking horrible as you can every time you go on patrol. Think, how would you kill yourself on a patrol? And that's the only way we got through because we literally do hanging IEDs in the trees Cables on pulling the trees to get the get the commander. They were packing them in the walls at night, so when the sun hit it, it dried up and they were taking heads off fucking blokes. You know what I mean it was fucking? It was vicious. It was a vicious. It was. It was more mentally tactical. If that makes sense, you could beat them if you fought like them. You know what I mean, as as you know, um, completely different sort to of Iraq. Like
0: we'll have to talk about it in format on another one, but. Let me just ask you now, like, do you ever find that you wanted to? Did you ever find yourself wishing, like, I wish I was on the, like, not on the other side as in fighting for their cause, but I wish the roles were reversed here and that I got to be the one setting those traps and everything?
1: Yeah, yeah. If, if I think if we could, um, if we could fight the way they fought, it would be a very one way, you know, we would smash them, like, um, one story when we were in Afghan, and uh, the blokes gonna fucking hate me for saying it. and right? um, we went out and to do um, an ambush. We knew there was some fucking there's there's a, a team laying IEDs, and we found a ditch, and we laid up in it. It, it was about, about fucking two mile out from the camp, and um, from the fob, and we jumped in this ditch and we laid up and we went to radio silence. Briefed up with radio silence, and we sat there. We had the cut off points and everything, and um, this ditch filled up, like, fucking filled up with water. We are there fucking for hours, You I mean. And one of my lads, fucking top lad, absolutely brilliant lad, he um, he had a bit of a touch of D&V. So we're in this ditch, like, sat there, and he goes, he starts rustling around, I'm like, keep it down, keep it down, keep it down. And one of, my, one of the lads next to me, I can't remember where it was, he goes, and he's fucking, he needs to shit. Time to fucking hold it in. One thing led to another, he ended up fucking shitting himself in this ditch and we're all laid up in it. Like, And this thing, this, 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 the smell of it, I thought, I'm back in a rack here. I'm, I'm <laughs> in a thunderbox box here, you know what I mean? Bear in mind, needless to say, the the ambush never happened and we made our way back, you know what I mean? And it was literally, you know, over there, you got the, you got the beating tracks and it's like the floor looks white on it with a full moon. <clears throat> Every time we turn around, he's just in the fucking crap position, does shit in everywhere. Just leaving breadcrumbs sort of, you know what I mean? <laughs> all the way back, all the way back into camp. Like, and uh yeah, I've never let that go. Like it's fucking that was one of the morale boosts of the tour. But two days later we all had DMV, and and I had a I had a fucking IV in in the tent and I like, fucking getting blasted by the fucking the merch coming in. I don't see that on uh on fucking uh, Hollywood movies, do you? No, do you fuck? Okay, and going, getting get the fucking S10 on to go for the shit.
0: The only one I can think of has done that as uh, the Pacific. I think did a good job of showing how fucking honking it is to be, you know,
1: in those. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they yeah, did a yeah. good
0: place, but generally,
1: Jarhead as well. Remember Jarhead? Yeah, I actually liked that mate. My mate said to uh, when he got he got bevy, he got bevy, didn't he? And then he had him fucking buried in the shit pits. Yeah,
0: yeah, like they did, they used to do in Vietnam and that. But I remember one of my mates was like. I was like, oh, fuck, I really like Jared. My mate's like, well, nothing happens in it. I'm like, well, that's the point. Yeah. That, like, you know, all of that build-up, and then he went, and nothing happened. That's the point. Like, that's the disaster. And his, my, like, to that guy, that's what the disaster was. Yeah. Do you watch, like, war movies and stuff now, like, now after the military?
1: No, 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 no. I think the last one I watched that I didn't fucking throw the remote at the screen was, Ameri- was American Sniper. I think American Sniper his is American side Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper's the American side one yeah it's, I, th- I think a lot of that's pretty pretty not precise but it's 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 on the right lines you know what I mean um, when it comes to fighting and stuff like that but most most of my I like you you'll, you'll go that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong you know what I mean and it's like just pack it in it's, it's just easier if I don't watch it if one comes on the telly the missus changes his channel it's just for the best because I get fucking emotional with it you know what I mean
0: yeah, I just don't really find them like that interesting, to be honest, mate. Like I read, I read the book American Sniper, and I watched a movie, and I thought I got much more enjoyment from doing it yourself. The, you know, the book, and well, yeah, the book was the book was better to me. And like, I I will watch war films, mate, but I, I prefer watching an old one like A Bridge Too Far or Longest Day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 definitely. Hamburger Hill and stuff like oh, that. Oh, mate, yeah, some good Vietnam War
0: movies though. Yeah, 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 yeah. the best war movie of all time, Predator. One or two. Predator. There's only one predator, mate. Predator two is predator two, right?
1: <laughs> Let's just get this straight, mate. <laughs> it depends what type of warfare you're into. I, I, I like a bit of jungle, yeah. like, I mean. I mean,
0: <laughs> like, they are the most stacked blokes to ever go through the fucking jungle. None of them had DMV, mate.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, I, I, I went out, I went to Blease and I was pretty jacked up, like, you I in. Mean, I mean, you're fucking running, you're smashing the gym, you're on all sorts. And I come back about fucking forced down west. Yeah. I mean? And I, my cock was bigger than my arms without saying something. And it was like, you know, and they went out there, fucking God knows how, to, and they're all still massive. You know what I mean, it's just like, that's that's the bit that fucking winds me up.
0: I want to know how Jesse Ventura is carrying all that ammunition for his minigun and all that Tren. Like, I don't believe that he's, <laughs> I don't believe that he's got room for both of those things. And they got to have rations. Like, he must be smashing 300 grams of protein a day. Where's where, where I'm not having it. where is all this fucking kit? But apart from Belfed Trent,
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I got to Belize and you know you're patrolling through and all that, I'm like I think we had LMGs, we had UGLs and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, if we had a fucking chain gun now, like you know what I mean, we just fucking start cutting trees down and shit. Like that. And we did this operate, we did this up, and we got to the top. It's like this ridge line, and then we just hammering down. We had a gun line going. just belt and fuck you, 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 you were Jimmy, weren't you, an Afghan?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And we're just fucking screwing this wood line up, this wood block, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is fucking ally as fuck, yeah. <laughs> and then we all, had to do, we all had to do a runner because all these hornets chased us. Oh, those fucking po- no.
0: yeah. But yeah. Mate, that, that the team in Predator was a very accomplished team as well because both Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger went on to become state governors in America. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in California, Jesse Ventura. So out of that, was it like a five or six man team? Two of them became. Fucking governors in america so you know very high highly accomplished fucking teammate did you watch that one the
1: um like, fuck all when i went to jungle <laughs> <It's> malaria <laughs> did you get malaria <laughs> i had i had symptoms of it yeah fucking we were literally. you're not taking your little pills well i took it for about two weeks and i had funky dreams and i was fucking pissing dust and stuff like that um and yeah, I've binned it off, absolutely binned that shit right off. And when I come back, it was about six months later, I went green. I had flu <laughs> symptoms for about two weeks and got flown to fucking Liverpool Tropical Centre.
0: Well, how come the Tropical Centre is in Liverpool? Because it's got to be the least tropical place I've ever fucking because been. Because
1: anyone that's, anyone that's fucking clever comes to Liverpool universities because there's do. And I think that's where they just settled.
0: Is it like general? Is it because obviously Liverpool used to be back in the day one of probably the most important places in the world because of the the port, the
1: Empire days.
0: Do you reckon? Do you reckon that's when it got set up?
1: Well, we're the f- fifth biggest port. You know what I mean? Um, Still? Wow. Well, the hit the history of us of Liverpool. It's I I love history. You know what I mean and, and, and history all around the world, but history in New York city is like, you know, we 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 abom- we were the first to abolish the slave trade. In Liverpool, you mean? And that's why we have like Toxtuff and L8s and stuff like that. That was gift gifted if you, if you like. Um but there's so much history with, with Liverpool uh, over like you know, like uh trading and stuff like that. But um yeah, I never became a governor or anything. <laughs> just fucking just just got fucking sick. The Liverpool mate as well has really fucking
0: um really come on like last I'm trying to think how long it'd been now, like last 15 years maybe. Cause it used to be I was never a big fan of Liverpool, but like the development and stuff down by the waterfront now, um, it's fucking really nice, mate.
1: Yeah, they put L one in. It's like big, sh- uh, you know, shopping and all that. Uh, Putting new buildings, building museums up, restored all the museums. Um, there's property down there. You can live on the docks and stuff now. Um, the heritage, which is an old, you know, about Peaky Blinders, mm. where they film Peaky Blinders, the old tobacco plants and all that for the the storage that's now getting turned into apartments. And um, the moving everton football ground down there they putting really? a tram line yeah. and yeah it's, it's it's growing like you know I mean but i just stay away from town why's that mate Stay. well i've done the i've done the doors down there for years you know what I mean and it's just like to me it's just i love me city but the fucking the people and the creatures that fucking crawl around there it's okay <laughs> but it's like anywhere you go you know I mean you've got fucking lizards everywhere haven't you but um uh, now i'm in the suburbs i'm in the uh the poosh bit nice
0: Right, well, bro, we're gonna to have to do a part two. Maybe we'll do it. Well, maybe we we need to do one in person, mate. You know what we need to do? We need to get a special Scouser edition of the. There's so many of you fuckers up there. We need to do a special. We need have a, like a Scouse cultural day on the podcast.
1: Well, and you come up, come up here and jump on one, and we'll uh, sort out the studio and
0: that. Yes, mate, that sounds good, bro. Um, yeah, let's have a sesh when I come back from Columbia, mate. Well, I mean, I mean, po- sorry, accountant. I mean, podcast. Let's have a podcast when I come back from um, you to Columbia? Yeah. We'll talk about this oh. off-air, mate. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> But, bro, thanks for going on today, mate. It's been Anytime, well overdue. And it's a great chat to, to you, mate. Um, before Mega we go, mate. though, okay. I'll just tell people a little bit more about podcasts, what you got going on, where they can find you, uh, everything like that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I, cut, I come off the podcast for a little bit um, more to sort out of my own mental health. Um, business and stuff, I slowed right down, especially with right flank and stuff like that as well, because um, I was not put enough time into my family, you know what I mean? And I sort of took a knock for it. So it was, I put everything on the the back burner. But the channel is just my name, Steve Nichols, on YouTube. Um, I've got loads of things planned for it this year. I've got loads of events, loads of fundraising events as well, which we'll speak about as well, Um, to raise money, uh, funds for the block and different charities and some kids' charities as well. So um, I've gone down a different route where I'm trying to, help more people if that makes sense yeah absolutely bro
0: and i will link everything down in the show notes for people so they can just click on it uh but bro thanks so much for coming on tonight mate really appreciate it i'll catch you soon
1: pleasure mate absolute pleasure thank you mate cheers brother take it easy